Hello, and welcome to this podcast entitled, Is Continuous Glucose Monitoring Right For You? This podcast is the first episode in a two-part series focusing on education for people with diabetes on continuous glucose monitoring. This series is brought to you through an educational partnership between PrimeMed and the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. We welcome Patricia Montesinos a nurse practitioner in family medicine at MedStar Diabetes Institute, and Diana Isaacs, an endocrinology clinical pharmacy specialist at the Cleveland Clinic Diabetes Center. Before we get started, let me remind everyone that this podcast is supported by an independent educational grant from Lilly. For further information concerning Lilly Grant funding, visit www lilygrantoffice.com. Please note the following information discussed in today's episode is not meant to be a substitute for consulting with your own physician or healthcare team. My name is Trish Montesinos. I am a family nurse practitioner, uh, board certified in advanced diabetes management, and I work at the MedStar Diabetes Institute in Washington, D.C. And today I'm joined by Diana Isaacs, and I'll let her introduce herself. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here today. I'm Diana Isaacs. I'm a clinical pharmacist and a diabetes care and education specialist, as well as the CGM program coordinator at the Cleveland Clinic Diabetes Center. All right. So we are so happy to be creating this podcast today to help people with diabetes learn about CGMs and how to use them in order to optimize glucose control. Um, So we'll start with what is a CGM and how does it work? That is a great question. Well, CGM uh, is a way to monitor blood sugars and it monitors it continuously. So these devices actually, um, depending on the device, can uh, provide data either every five minutes or even every minute. And in addition to the blood sugar level, it actually also lets you know the direction that it's going, if blood sugar is rising, if it's falling, and then you can even download it and look back and and see the trends of the blood sugar levels. Great. And so what is it actually measuring, Diana? Well, that's a great question. So it's measuring glucose or what we call sugar, but instead of doing a blood glucose, which is in the, um, it's in the tissue, in that fatty tissue that is just beneath the skin. And it's in that, it's that fluid that's in between the cells. Great, great. And so what do you, what do you feel are the benefits to using a personal CGM, Diana? Well, there are so many benefits. So we know we're getting so much more information than just a typical finger stick. So a person can get immediate feedback on how food, medications, physical activity, stress, their sleep, how all of those things affect blood sugars. And it's really important because each person is an individual. And so what might cause one person's blood sugar to go up might not affect another person's. A good example I like to think of is coffee. A black coffee, for some people, it will spike up their blood sugar. And then for others, it has no effect. Um, But you would never know that unless you can really see that data and you can see that direct impact. So because you're getting information all the time, um, you can respond to high and low blood sugars and be able to treat it. And many of the devices actually have alerts to let you know. And so um, that can even help to prevent 
low and high blood sugars. And so what we see is that this really helps people to achieve their blood sugar targets. And that's good because that helps to improve all kinds of health outcomes. And generally, uh, people are feeling a whole lot better um, when they're able to achieve those targets. Yeah, those are really great points. I think it, they, this device really does help people achieve a, a better quality of life. They have so much more information uh, without necessarily having to do uh, these frequent uh, finger sticks. So, Diana, what devices are available? Yeah, so we have actually, there's four that are FDA approved on the market right now. We have the or four types of devices. There's the intermittently scanned, and that is where a person must scan their sensor to see what their blood sugar level is, as opposed to real time, where real time that data is just constantly being delivered to the receiver. So for the intermittently scanned, we have the Freestyle Libre 14-day system, and then now we also have the Libre 2 system, which is similar, but some updates in that now uh, it, it provides real-time alerts for high and low glucose levels. Um, so for the real-time glucose CGM devices, we have the Dexcom G6. Uh, we also have the Eversense implantable, which is a 90-day wear. And then we have the Medtronic Guardian. And with the Guardian, there's actually a Guardian Connect which is a standalone CGM, uh, meaning you know it's not used with an insulin pump. And then we have the transmitter and sensor, the Guardian 3, and that's the one that can be combined with uh, Medtronic's insulin pump system. All right, keep in mind that these CGM systems um, are not currently FDA approved uh, for users that are pregnant, um, for people on dialysis, or people that are critically ill. So yeah. Trish, I'm going to ask you a question now. What are the components of the CGM? So the CGM components are uh, three major uh, components. There's the sensor, which is a thin, flexible wire or filament that's inserted under the skin in the subcutaneous tissue. And then there's a transmitter, which is a, a plastic piece that sort of sits right on top of the skin, and that sends the glucose data to a receiver. And that's, that's the third piece. The receiver device could be an app on the cell phone. It could be a, a reader device itself. It could be an, a, an insulin pump. It's just basically how that data is um, visible to the user. That's really great information. So how is this placed and how long does the CGM stay on? So a CGM is placed uh, by the person with diabetes or by a caregiver. It's done in the home. Uh, first, you need to make sure your hands are clean, so wash your hands. You need to clean the skin. And there's generally an applicator or inserter device that is used. And, and generally, with a press of a button, it is inserted under the skin. And uh, when the sensor session is up, it can be removed just by um, almost as if you're pulling off a Band-Aid. And so you want to make sure that you're choosing an appropriate site uh, for the device. And so you need to make sure that that device is placed at least one to three inches away from an insulin pump site or insulin injection sites. And you want to avoid areas that have scars and make sure you're rotating around. And depending on each particular device, um, it should be uh, applied in a particular region. So for the Freestyle Libre, that's placed on the back of the arm. And once it's placed, there's a warm-up period, which is a period of time 
where you're not going to actually have access to glucose data yet. After that uh, warm-up period has completed, then you start getting information about what the glucose is doing. And so for the Libre, it actually measures the glucose every 60 seconds. It stores it every 15 minutes, and uh, the sensors last for 14 days. Um, the Dexcom is placed on the abdomen, and there's a two-hour warm-up period for that, and it obtains readings every five minutes, and those sensors last 10 days. Medtronic can be placed either on the abdomen or the back of the arm, and there's a two-hour warm-up period and readings every five minutes, and those last seven days. And there's a relatively new uh, implantable sensor called the Eversense, and that's actually inserted by a provider in the office, and it stays in place for three months. And just right on top of that inserted sensor is the transmitter is placed by the patient. Um, and that's worn for three months and then removed and can be replaced. And there's a 24-hour warm-up period for the Eversense. Yeah, that's really great. And then just expanding on the Eversense, um, yeah, that outer transmitter is actually, it does need to be charged every day. So usually the person with diabetes will take it off, charge it, and then they'll put it back on each day. So Trish, how do we decide um, or how can we advise people with diabetes on which device is right for them? So good question. So one of the things sometimes, unfortunately, this does come down to insurance coverage and cost. And it may be that a certain insurance covers one or two devices and, and not the other devices. So that's one factor that, that needs to be considered. Um, beyond that, there are many other features and considerations to take uh, into account when deciding what device is right for you. So with regard to the difference between a real-time and intermittently scanned device, as Diana mentioned, the real-time device uh, sends that glucose data automatically versus an intermittently scanned device in order to access that data, you simply um, either hold the phone or reader device over the sensor itself to access what the, what the glucose is at that time and capture the previous eight hours of glucose data. Um, another factor to consider is our routine finger stick blood sugar checks required either to make treatment decisions or to actually calibrate the device to keep it reading accurately. Um, if, if what's really important to you is to eliminate the need for those routine finger sticks and you want to go for a device that's factory calibrated and doesn't require routine finger sticks. Um, if you're a patient that has been prone to hypoglycemia or you've had episodes of severe hypoglycemia requiring assistance or have hypoglycemia unawareness, would definitely recommend a device that has the ability to alert an alarm you to uh, an impending low blood sugar. Is it important to you to have compatibility with a smartphone where you can receive your data directly on your phone and not have to carry a separate device? Or would you prefer to keep those two things separate and, and have a reader device to access that glucose data? Um, most of the CGM devices now actually have the option to share data in real time with family members, caretakers, friends, and providers. So that's a really nice feature. Um, particularly for younger patients and older patients or, or those um, who may not be able to independently uh, manage their diabetes. 
another factor to consider is whether you're currently using an insulin pump or you're interested in starting an insulin pump, you may want to consider using a CGM device that has integration with that pump. There are some advantages to that, particularly with the um, hybrid closed-loop insulin pump systems that use the data from the CGM um, to adjust basal rates. Another factor would be age. So um, the FDA has approved the Dexcom G6 for um, people ages two years and above, and the newer Freestyle Libre 2 CGM device is approved for uh, people ages four years and older. The Libre 14-day is 18 years and older, and the Eversense is approved for people 18 years and above as well. Accuracy is another factor to consider as well. Um, there is a measurement that we call the MARD, the Mean Absolute Relative Difference. And with the newer devices, this MARD number is fairly comparable. Um, you do want to take note that there are certain medications and supplements that may interfere with the accuracy of your CGM device. So for instance, vitamin C, more than 500 milligrams a day can falsely raise the sensor readings for the Libre. Acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, can falsely raise the sensor readings uh, with use of the Guardian sensor and Dexcom G4 and G5. Uh, the G6 uh, acetaminophen should not impact the accuracy of that. Aspirin at higher doses, above 650 milligrams, can falsely lower sensor readings for the Libre. Um, but keep in mind, typical doses of aspirin should not impact that accuracy. And there's also a drug called hydroxyurea, which is used for treatment of certain cancers and also sickle cell disease that can raise sensor readings um, with use of the Dexcom G6. So Diana, how do you determine if this is covered by your insurance? Yeah, that is a great question um, because we know a lot of times things come down to cost. So first of all, we're seeing a lot of improvements in this area and I think it, you know, we're seeing the cost come down of CGM, especially now with the Libre, the transmitter is actually disposable. Um, and so that cuts down on some of the, the costs. And so we are seeing costs coming down. We are also seeing insurance coverage improve. We have a lot of really positive data from clinical studies that show just the tremendous impact. Um, and that's causing insurance plans to really start to cover it a whole lot more. So the costs will really vary depending on your specific insurance plan. One of the very positive improvements we've seen is the coverage through pharmacy benefits um, because it's always a lot easier and faster if you can get the device through your pharmacy because then your, you know, your healthcare team can send a prescription to the pharmacy and then you can go ahead and you can pick it up there and it's a whole lot faster and often the cost is uh, reduced. There are certain uh, manufacturer programs that can sometimes really help to reduce the price and then different, uh, sometimes there's different uh, drug discounts like GoodRx where you can look online and um, see if you're able to obtain a lower price at a nearby pharmacy. Uh, for some people, depending on your insurance plan or your type of device that you're trying to get, you may have to go through what's called um, the durable medical equipment. 
And this is this process is a little bit different, um, and it does require your you know your doctor's office to fill out some paperwork. And sometimes insurance plans will want to see different information. They'll want to see you know that you've recently been seen by your healthcare team, that you're getting regular follow up. Some will want to see that you're checking your blood sugars regularly. Some have requirements that you actually need to be checking four times a day. Some have requirements that uh, they want people to be taking multiple daily injections of insulin. And some insurance plans require type 1 diabetes, although I am happy to say that many now are covering for people with type 2 diabetes, including Medicare. So we've seen a lot of positive movement in that space. So switching gears a little bit, um, I want to kind of go through some commonly asked questions about having a personal CGM device. So Trish, what do you think? Is it painful to insert it? I would say that most of my patients say insertion of the sensor is actually less painful than doing the finger stick blood glucose checks. And all of the devices now have really simple insertion processes with um, just the press of a button, um, the sensor can be inserted, and it's made the process much easier and nearly painless, I would argue. So, Diana, what about swimming and, and showering and bathing? Yeah, that is always the number one question I get from, from people. So, yes, we encourage you to shower and bathe <laughs> regularly. Um, they are waterproof. You just have to be careful. You know, you, you take it off, you pull it off to take it off. So you don't want to overly scrub the area and put tons of soap on top of it. But definitely is waterproof. And then depending on the device, they have different rules about how deep in water you can go and for how long. Um, like for example, the Libre can go into three feet of water for up to 30 minutes um, versus Dexcom can go in for eight feet for up to 24 hours. Uh, the Eversense is also three feet in 30 minutes. And then the Guardian can also go for eight feet for up to 30 minutes. And one thing to keep in mind is just that the Bluetooth may not work as well when a person is actively swimming. So Trish, is there anything that, you know, wearing a CGM would limit a person from being able to do? So that's a great question. One of the things you want to be aware of is it can impact the process of going through airport security and then also taking into account if you're getting any medical scans. So when it comes to uh, going to the airport, it's okay to walk through metal detectors. Uh, however, with the CGM in place, you should not go through those full body scanners um, or put your CGM device through the baggage x-ray machine. Um, you can request hand wanding or full body pat down for security purposes. If you have your CGM in place, those are fine. Um, if you are planning to go for an MRI or CT scan or have an x-ray, you should remove your CGM device prior to that um, and for diathermy treatment as well. You do want to keep in mind that once you've removed the sensor, um, it cannot be reinserted. These are single use. So if possible, try to uh, time the placement of new sensors around these activities um, when you can. Can people with diabetes stop doing routine finger stick checks if they are using a CGM device? Good question. So the answer is it depends. With two of our devices, they absolutely can replace finger sticks. So I actually, so yeah, with the, the Freestyle Libre and the Dexcom G6, 
those do not require finger stick calibrations and they are FDA approved to make treatment decisions off of the information, the glucose values. Um, now, the Eversense and the Guardian do require some finger stick calibrations. So a person would still have to do uh, some of those. And then the Guardian is um, does require finger sticks to make treatment decisions. Uh, with that being said, even the devices that are factory calibrated and don't require any finger sticks, there are still some times where a person should do a finger stick. So don't throw away your glucose meter just yet. Um, so there can be times, you know, with any technology, times where maybe it's it's faulty. And any time a person's symptoms, the way that they're feeling, don't match what that sensor reading is, then they should absolutely check with a finger stick. So, you know, a good example would be, let's say the sensor is saying that you're 63, but you feel just fine. Uh, you should do a finger stick because there always could be a chance that maybe, maybe it's not really 63 and you would just want to be careful that you're not, you know, treating a low blood sugar if you're not really low. Um, so th those are some important points to know. Now, Trish, what do you think are the barriers to people with diabetes that want to use personal CGM? So touching back to one of the topics we discussed earlier is insurance coverage and out-of-pocket costs unfortunately remain a barrier. But as you mentioned, really do remain hopeful that in the coming months and years that we see this become less of an obstacle um, because really the research is demonstrating, these studies are demonstrating the clear benefit of this tool. Um, one of the other barriers that people with diabetes can encounter when trying to start the CGM is how do, how do you start the process? And so first place to start is having that discussion with your provider to help guide the decision process and determine which device may be best for you. From there, there are several ways to go. And part of it has to do with, you know, can you uh, pick this up at your pharmacy under your prescription benefit plan, or do you have to work with a durable medical equipment company through your insurance, as Diana mentioned. So one of the best ways is to consider calling the device customer service or filling out information on the device website. And that will put you in touch with a representative from the company who will then be able to talk with your insurance, disc, uh, determine your eligibility, your insurance coverage, your anticipated out-of-pocket cost, and where can you obtain the device. You also want to make sure that, that your provider is sending the, pres the prescription to the right place and for uh, the correct amount of sensors, transmitters, and if you need a reader device as well. So just making sure that you have all the pieces for the particular device you're interested in using. So that concludes our first podcast, and we hope to see you back for our second one.